I was like, f- for me, I was struggling with almost like, did this really happen? Like, right. did is this a? It was almost a dream, I, right? Yeah, like it was like right. a weird movie scene to a degree. But I don't know if that was self protection or what. But I, you know, it, and each time I would tell it, or somebody would ask, or or I would share that because sometimes I don't think they asked. I was just like trying to process this in, incredibly intense situation, just trying to process it to get a grip on it, and then it, I would get that sense like I was somehow getting control over it in a way um but but now like you know with us i i I skipped a whole bunch of things and and i won't refer to them be just because i don't feel like i need to now right there there it seems like okay yes it really did happen yes each little thing individually that was in 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 and of itself its own trauma all was like this freight train of trauma that ran over me, you know, um, I, I can kind of compartmentalize it to a degree. I mean, it's still there. I mean, I don't think there's, there's never a day that goes by that those images, those smells, those tastes, those feelings aren't. It's funny you mention it that way, that the images, the smells, the taste, I still remember it's eight, been eight years. I still remember the smells of that day. Mm-hmm. I still remember the, the everything from that day. I still just like a is if it was yesterday. Is if Absolutely. it was today. I still remember it. It's yeah. that vivid for me. Yeah, I and think... you re, you will probably remember it for the rest of your life. Oh, I absolutely will. I have no doubt and because it's like an it when it's part of you, right? It's it it, it is your movie. I. When I dream about it, because I occasionally I will still have dreams about it. When I dream about it, it's not it's not like a dream like something else happened. It's the exact thing of what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm driving the exact same lane. I'm driving the exact same vehicle. The exact thing the exact thing happens in my dream. Yeah, everything is exactly the same. The smell is the same. Every, everything everything happens is exactly the same. No matter if I want to change anything. I, I can't. Everything happens exactly the same ways it did. Everything's the same. And it's like it is exactly like a movie, except for its own movie. It's like real life. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's so much more than a movie be- right. because it's 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 a cellular thing. Like it's right. not just the images in my mind that go. Right. It's it's. Yeah, I am there in every, the moment. Yeah. It is like a flashback. Yeah. That's what. That's more what it's like. It's like a flashback because yeah. I've had those, and it's that's exactly what it is. It is a flashback, and it's and like it's, a time travel. Like and you I, are instantly uh, yeah. back in that moment again. And I and I wake up, and I'm breathing heavy, and I'm sweating, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm messed up for that day. It messes me up. Well, I so since that night, I've never slept the whole night through. I always wake up every single night in that window of time that everything unfolded and early on um i would wake up and you know this is this is one of those markers of okay time is helping me Mm -hmm. not move on that's not the right thing but i am getting to a different place and many people told me the hurt's never going to go away but it'll get different 
yep. kind of thing. And that's, I feel the way the trauma is in some way. I that think you'll way. be able to accept it is more of what it is. Well, you know, that's how it's been on. for me. I, I still feel it. And it's more, my hurt that I have is it's no longer the hurt for me or anything like that. It's more, it's more the, the pain that I have or the hurt that I have is more just the, the pain or the disappointment I have for his three boys and his wife, the disappointment I have for them that they never get to see him again. And I've said this before on previous podcasts. I would, I would gladly, gladly right now, give up my life to let him come back and have more time with his family. Gladly right now. Really? I would in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. How is does that, your how does your family feel about that? Because I've had those thoughts too. Like, please, I, don't know. I mean, that night, I, I, I you know, because I was pleading with God, help me. And as I'm giving chest compressions, and my right. arms are totally at muscle fatigue, right. and and some other things happened previous to that that I was just begging with God, right? You know, like please, please help me here, mm-hmm. and um. You know, just that, like, take me, take me. Right. You know, and, and then... It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I've watched my wife, you know, breaking down. And like I say, she's tough as nails and, and just an incredibly strong, amazing person. But she, you know, she is a, you know, she's, you know, she's got... I mean, the hurt of a mother. I, she's having those bad, you know, those bad days, and I'm yep. like, it would have been so much better if it would have been me. Yep. Because then at least she and he would have been together, and you know they could have lived on their life. Yep. And and I know that feeling. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and and of course she is like, no, you know, because I felt at times like ending it. Yep. Like what I, you know, why am I living here is a question like, and, and, you know, I have to, and one of my college buddies, bless their heart. They, you know, one of my college teammates told me one time I was talking, I kind of was talking to him about it and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm alive anymore. I'm never going to have grandkids. I'm never going to have my son come home for Christmases and, yep. you know, just going through all these things that are going to be future future mild, goals mild right, traumas and stuff and he was like knock it off stop feeling sorry for yourself you know right. kind of a and, and he you know i love this guy he's again he's a different teammate from my other team i love them both like they're they're brothers even though right. they're not blood related it, it's you know just to have that trust and that faith and that that support of somebody who's going to not just pat me on the head mm-hmm. and not just patronize me but like say like really work with me through this and and both they're going to call your gonna, bs when you're when you're talking that, yeah right? and they're going to they're going to be the extra set of eyes for me because they know me so well right that they're like come on dude you know like they'll call me out on it and hold me accountable for certain things when i'm starting to drift right they give me the forearm shove to put me back on right. the right path wake you up a little right yeah and you know i didn't ex- i didn't see that coming that was another thing with the trauma you know for people that are listening and and wondering about how am i going to get through this or whatever 
one of the one of the pieces of advice that we got early that's been absolutely true is that that person that said prepare yourself people are going to say really stupid things they're going to be incredibly painful but you're also going to have people that you never suspected would be there that'll be rock solid for you they're going to be there that and you never expected them to be and people who you thought would be there and be, be are not going to be yeah they're going to be in um, shadows yeah and that has been so true it has been absolutely the truth um to answer your question i don't i don't think my wife appreciates it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but i think she understands uh, because she sees she she sees the heartache that it's caused me um can i can i ask something about that go ahead so you mentioned he had three boys Mm -hmm. and his wife Mm -hmm. um have you met them do you have a relationship with them okay so i've never met him i've tried so after the accident for the next probably two years um i tried to so i had a complex (laughs) Well, I hope I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's I, fine. I, yeah. No, no. I had a complex. Um, I'm very open with, with my situation. I had a complex with myself that I felt that she blamed me and hated me for killing her husband. It seems to me it would be a natural right? thought um, process. And everyone that I talked to is like, you're crazy. Why would she blame you? He's the, he's the dummy that was changing his tire on the freeway in the gore point. And you, he's not like, and he's really not even one to blame because it's the lady that ran the red light that hit his vehicle that knocked him out in the freeway. Like, there were so many things that had to happen in order for that that anomaly to happen, right? Yeah. And so it was just a fluke thing that happened, and you know, and so why would why would she blame me? But I felt that's what I felt like because there was a lot of. There was a lot of things being reported on the news that weren't correct. And there was a lot of people saying things on the internet that weren't correct about the accident. And they were blaming me that I felt like mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, I have a paper <laughs> that someone, and not a, it's not a paper. It's a, um, a note or a, something that someone wrote on one of the blogs for one of the news channels, basically calling me out, tell me that they need to throw me in jail. And they knew nothing about the accident. Mm-hmm. And that's another trauma, in my right? opinion. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's obviously not the same and I, trauma. And I used, I, I actually went with that day. I got that that day. I got home from the accident that day. So the accident happened at 627 in the morning. I got home um, around 10 a.m. That's when they released me from the scene. So I was on the accident from 630 in the morning until around 10 a.m. They wouldn't let oh, me leave. Man. And, I mean... They were literally putting him in the ambulance when they said, you can leave. Oh, Everyone else involved got to leave. But my car was part of was part of the it was part of the scene of the crime. So they wouldn't let him leave. Yeah. I could have left. I would just want to leave my car and then they would have towed it and I would have that fee. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, I'm staying on the scene. <laughs> and yeah. then when they release my car, then I'll come home. And so when I got home, of course, it's all over the news. And so I shut the TV off. Mm-hmm. And I go to the computer and I pull up. I'm like, I wonder what they're saying online. 
never look online. Oh. That's the first thing you learn. <laughs> and I looked yeah. online, and there's this message from an anonymous person. It wouldn't even say their name. It, was, it says message one was the person's name. And it reads this terrible message about me. Yeah. And they're basically saying that that I'm not paying attention and that I'm eating or doing my hair or doing something not paying attention. I have no idea any yep. details. They're just... I got a newsflash for them. My radio was off. I wasn't on my phone. There was absolutely zero distractions in my vehicle that morning. Mm-hmm. None. Zero. In fact, when the accident, when his vehicle got hit, um, I saw the aftermath of it because there was a big explosion of glass and debris that went up in the air, and I saw it. I just didn't see his vehicle because there was a big diesel truck there, um, like a flatbed truck. And <clears throat> I scooted over to the left as far as I could in my lane. So I knew there was something happening. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know there was someone out in their, out of their vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, people commenting on stuff they they have no idea about. Yeah, and being harsh about right. it. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't think about that element of your story. Right. But we, you know, Mitch being very well known as an athlete, and he went to a high school where 15 months prior, one of my son's teammates committed suicide on campus, and it was a national news story. <sighs> And so um, a news reporter, a sports reporter, wrote about it. And like the next, the, the day it happened or the next day after it happened, I'm, I'm not sure that that part of it's a little. I just know at some point some friends can't, you know, people were in our house for days and days after Mitch passed. And at one point very very early on they said hey i think it was the day it happened um somebody said there's a report in the newspaper do not look it's gonna it's it's not good don't read it don't look don't look for stories or anything like that of course that makes you want to look at it well i i was so blown out and there was so many people in my house and and Lori and I live in Arizona, other than my aunt who lives in Clarkdale, we're out here alone. We don't have any relatives and whatnot. And, um, you know, so I was dealing that, that day as people were flooding into our house, I was dealing with, you know, my mom and dad in Ohio having to make that phone call, my brother, you know, trying to deal with my mom and dad who are older who were like, uh, we got to get out there, you know, we're going to be in the car. And my grandmother was in hospice at their house at the time. So it was just all these different elements where I'm like, which in some ways was good because it forced me to be focused, focused on just the task in the immediate moment. Um, which, cause when that police officer, you know, I'm in the backyard, I'm doing chest compressions, the first police officer arrives and I'm just like begging, help me, because my arms were at total muscle fatigue. And he yelled at me, you know, of course Lori's inside the house and she's screaming in Mitchell's bedroom and the sound of her 
screaming and crying was part of the trauma as well because right you know it, it just and i was running back and forth like this trauma was not just a flash boom here it Done. was right it's over a course of period of time and i'm imagining that while you're on that scene you're can the trauma is continuing yep you know and so i'm in my house running back and forth and i can just remember saying this over and over again is all these paramedics and police officers and all these people are flooding into my house um i just kept running from the bedroom to the back you know to the back doors to the yard just how do i fix this i don't know how to fix this i can't fix this how what do i do i don't know what you know just in this panic and then when the police officer finally blocked me from going into the backyard he kind of took a hold of my shoulders and he said we've called it well he said we've called it he's gone and it just felt like my whole body was collapsing internally like i i just was losing all sense of i was i was losing it i i really feel i was losing it at that moment you probably felt like you can't call it he's not gone well it hit me in a way that, that he said we've called it and I guess somehow I, I intuitively I must have known or something I don't know but I, I I just know that when he said those words we've called it he's gone my bot it was as if you know it's like internally one of those zombie films or whatever where the the zombie melts you know mm-hmm. it just felt like that like everything was just I was becoming not a human being or something. I, I, I can't even encapsulate how that felt, but the cop grabbed me by the shoulders because I was falling backwards, like towards the couch or something, like just melting into the floor. And he grabbed me by the shoulders and kind of held you up, held me up a little bit as, and I staggered with my legs and he just, it was as if he was looking into my soul and he just, he locked my eyes and he said, do you have a job? Or he goes, do you have phone calls to make? And that snapped me out of it. Like the melting feeling just immediately went away. And I was suddenly in like, I need to do steps mode. And I'm like, I have a job. I got to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I got to call my mom and dad. And then I looked at my watch and I'm like, it's too early in Ohio. I don't want to wake them up. And I'm, I'm saying this out loud to him in this stupor of a whatever it was state that I was in. But I'm, I'm, I'm like dumbfounded just going, uh, it's too early in Ohio to call my parents. I don't want to wake them up with this. Uh, and then he followed up with, do you have a job that's expecting you this morning? And so I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought about the school and I said, you know, I still feel so bad about this because my principal, she's such an amazing human being. And it was her first year being full principal. And this was early in the year. So, (laughs) you know, I feel so bad because she's such an amazing person. And I I just feel bad, like, welcome to principalship because it's not all about, you know. And I sent her a text that was just really graphic. And I was supposed to start coaching cross country. So I I sent one to my athletic director. 
and my assistant coach, you know, like, hey, I'm not going to be there, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, there, the, it's like a fireworks display in terms of that volume sort of thing. Like, there's the event itself, boom, just blows you away. Right. But then there's all these secondary Little mini explosions, going mini on, right? traumas that go on. Like, you know, it, it was traumatic to call my dad. My right. dad's a Navy veteran, tough as nails. I've never seen him cry ever. I've never seen him for a loss of words, even if those words weren't really, <laughs> they were Navy, <laughs> Navy, Navy approved, Navy approved. Yeah. But you know, to hear him stammering, like not able to, not either not able to, or not wanting to absorb what I was telling him. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, to call my brother and hear him just like, what? Like, and and them being in Ohio, they, f f for them, I'm imagining, because from our conversations, they really felt helpless because they viewed us as being out here all alone. And there's no, whoops. And sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> um, there's nobody around and all of that. And that was a big battle I had that first <clears throat> day with my dad was like, stay in Ohio. You're going to stress me out if you're driving across the country at your age. And my, you know, grandma is in your house on hospice. Like that's going to, I, I can't deal. And so he relented. And as I told him, I'm going to need you after the ceremony. Like that's when I'm going to need you. My house is full of people. We just, you know. Right. And so. You know, all those little mini traumas of making phone calls. And, you know, I distinctly remember the detective because they had to do an investigation and all of that. And I remember the detective coming at me and like, we need you to sign these forms and we need you to sign these papers. And I'm looking at them going, I can't understand a thing you're telling me. Like, I, I, and, th and they were really good. Tempe, I live in Tempe. And Tempe PD, the paramedics, they do a great thing over there. I think it's called Care 7. And anytime there's an event where there's a, from my understanding, there's a death, when the paramedics are dispatched or the, when it's made, when the call is made that there might be a death or something, they're like counselors or trauma people who get dispatched. And they were in the house. It had to be before they called it because they were in the house in the hallway while my wife was in my son's bedroom just falling apart. And I'm going in and out. They were in there because I know at one point I'm, I looked at them in total panic. Like, what do I do? I don't know how to fix this. How do I fix this? I, I can't fix this. And they were like, you're doing good. You're doing good. Because my, you know. Worried about my son. My wife's in there dealing with her trauma, screaming, you know, and she's like, get away from me. You know, like, right. I didn't know the world's the world was exploding. Right? Yeah, that's a it's the best way to explain <laughs> it. And, you know, the support it, it, that support network is so critical. I mean, I there were people that were supporting me that night. I mean, I it was traumatic to see the looks on the paramedics' faces 
as they were walking out of the house, as I'm sobbing on the couch, as I'm trying to text those first responders, you know, my son was a vibrant, amazing human being. And then he's laying in the backyard, you know, and here are these, you could see it in their face. Like, I don't know why it was, it, it has stuck with me and it was so vivid to me in that moment where I was completely, totally falling apart and everything was like, how do I make sense of this? The look on their faces was so clear that it was affecting them. You could tell they were thinking of their own kids. You could just tell that this was not your, you know, normal call for them. Right. And and I know at one point when I talked to my brother, because he was the first call that I made to a family member. And after I got off the phone with him, because my brother's like, well, what do you want me to do? I What can I do? And I'm like, there's nothing that can be done, you know? And so we ended up hanging up and I just sat on the curb out in the street and I'm just sobbing hysterically. And I don't know this cop's name, don't probably never will, but he came up to me and he just held me. He held me like a, I was an infant at that point. Right. And he held me and I just sobbed. And he's like, you're going to be okay. I'm so sorry. This is terrible, but you're going to be, you know, support from there, support from friends, you know, um, this community that I teach for. Um, it was only the second year that this school that I work for was open and they kept me alive. They came to my house with food and, and they've been so patient with me. They're still patient to this day with me about things. And, you know, the parents will come out and hug me every once in a while to how you doing? And, you know, I mean, right. I'm so blessed because had I not had those things, I don't know if I could have survived the trauma to get to where I'm at right now. Um, that and my willingness to, you know, I don't want that to sound braggy, but, you know, I was willing to just be in, a, here it is, I need help. You know, yep. I need to talk to somebody. I need to be in a group. I, this is bigger than what I can handle on my own. And, um, that's one thing I never did. I never went to a group, but I went to a lot of counseling, which I'm sure it's pretty, pretty similar. I would think your situation is so unique. I don't know if there would be a group. Well, just grief, you know, a grief, grief group or something like that probably would have helped. It was hard for me. I have, and I actually need to go back to compassionate friends because it was very helpful and I haven't gone for probably 10 months or so, but um, and maybe even longer than that, but you know, you would sit in the room and you would hear other people's stories and they're similar obviously in the grief, but there's differences. And at least for me, you know, I would come out of those meetings and I'd feel a little bit better, but I'd also feel the sadness for other people. Right. Because I'm in, a, you know, obviously as an educator, I'm human being, you know, 
humanity's realm of things, you know, empathy, empathetic. But it, it, I could always come out and be like, wow, th my situation's really bad, but boy, I didn't have to deal with that element right. of this other person's story. Or so you would feel, you know, I've always tried to, you know, I'm a very blessed person. I've, and and I've been fortunate my whole life through all sorts of things, but um, I think that's the reason why I feel that I that's that's why I feel that I would I would gladly trade my life right now for what did I say his name was John Yeah uh, <laughs> I can't remember what I said his name was <laughs> I don't want to use his real name but yeah yeah. <clears throat> Um, I would gladly, that's why I say I would gladly trade my life for his life because I've, I've been really fortunate. I, um, you know, my, my kids have had, and my wife have had a lot of bonus days with me. Um, and so we've been really blessed and fortunate to, um, you know, 15, about 15 days after my accident, a little more than that, um, what was it? maybe 20 days after my accident, uh, I got in another accident and I, oh, prob wow. I probably should have died. I, I, I got in an accident going about 70 miles an hour and I probably should have died. I didn't. And yeah, another trauma right. on a big scale that well, is I, so tied in. Yeah. And, the and I, and I got in the accident. I was actually, I was actually in a, in a uh, flashback when I was in the accident and oh man and so and I came out of that flashback right before I hit the car and they were dead stopped and I was going about 70 Oof. and I rear-ended them and it was bad but anyway um, I probably shouldn't have made it I probably shouldn't have lived and I had like very minor injuries uh, looking back on it I probably shouldn't have made it and so since that day I kind of look at every day as a bonus day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I say I would, I would. And so I've been fortunate. My kids have been fortunate to have their dad around and my wife's been fortunate to have me around. Maybe she wouldn't say that, but <laughs> no, no, she would. It is. I, she you would. Know. And so, and, and that's why I say that, you know, I don't know. Like I said, a, a couple podcasts ago, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what his relationship was with his kids or his wife the night before he died. I have no idea. Um, cause I don't, I don't know his yeah. wife or his kids. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. All I know is what has been put on social media. Um, <clears throat> I know that from his social media that he loved his kids and his wife. That's all I know. Of course, after someone dies, all you hear is good things. So yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. I would like to think it's a hundred percent accurate, but I don't know. Um, so, you know, they could have had a huge fight that night. I don't know. Um, his co kids could have been mad at him cause he got mad at him that night or whatever. I have no idea. Um, but, but all those things go away though. Yeah. That, that's it, that's irrelevant. Tragedy. Right. Yeah. That's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, but like say, I would gladly to give them more time with their dad and their, and her husband. Yeah. I would gladly let them, have an, have more time with him and and trade my life for his for x amount of days 
I, I would. And, and I think that, I think that, um, it would be an acceptable trade. I do. Um, well, like you say, your wife and kids probably disagree with that they wholeheartedly. Might. They I'm might. sure I know they would. <laughs> like, <laughs> they uh, might. hold on, stick around, buddy. <laughs> they, they might. Um, but I think they probably would disagree, but I think my wife would understand. Uh, I don't know about my kids. I, I don't know where they stand on that. Um, depends on, depends on. Well, know, intellectually, you know, you understand that whole, like, should have been me kind of thing yeah or, or that survivor's that survivor's guilt yeah i have i suffer a lot with that I, that's the hardest thing i have to deal yeah. with and and that's where i'm at um that's what i suffer with the most at this point is that that guilt that i have for me not being the one and that's tough you know that's tough and i don't know if you you know you say that you know you you know wish that it was you that that Oh, I would, I would so much prefer that it'd be me because, you know, I'm 50 years old. I've had a great life. I, you know, I continue to, you know, if my life were to end, it would be okay. Right. Because. And that's how I feel. I'm 50 years old. I mean, I've, a lot of people don't make it to 50. Right. And I've had a lot of great things that have happened in my life. I've been, I've been blessed to know a lot of amazing people, you know. It would make sense, and I and when I watch my like I mentioned earlier, I watch my wife have these you know deep deep sadnesses that you know Mitch is gone, and she would probably the have potential. those same sadnesses if you were gone though. Just but like, in a different way, there would still be a future. There would be a future to look forward to that included, um, you know, grandkids and college graduations right. and weddings and and. You know, when you lose a child, your whole future is gone. You know, it's, you know, we're grappling with some really difficult issues now, which are, you know, your life plan is now, you know, we will die alone because Agreed. we will not have children. If you get sick and can't take care of yourself, you're for sure going into a home. Yeah. There's going to be no one to take care of you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> – and, and so, you know, we're looking at a wildly different future, and we've had to have the conversations of – you know, like downsizing in terms of house. We still live at the house where right. we raised Mitch, and that was on the advice of a friend that said, because I wanted to get out of there immediately. I'm like, I cannot be here. And they said, don't leave because right now all the negative memories are front and center. Right. But all your good memories are going to come back to you, and so you don't want to – find yourself a year from now driving by the house trying to remember good things and so but now we're at the point where it's well it that when we sell a house this house we're not going to be downsizing to the grandparents flat where he's going to be coming home from college or we're going to have the grandkids over this is we need to downsize to reflect the real the harsh realities of what our life is now and you know my grandmother she was 101 she just passed a couple months ago which 
oddly, my son's death helped me deal with my grandmother's death. Yep. Um, cause she was the central person in our whole family. And, and it was just such a major loss. It did bring back a lot of deep sadness and, and, I don't want to say the trauma of that night, but it just, it really set me back and, and I'm still dealing with it with the loss of her, but you regressed, but you, you're making but progress dealing with the trauma of losing Mitch. It was a natural lot. My grandma was 101. Right. We were, I was, I was much easier. I hope I don't make it that long. Getting to that point of saying we were so blessed to have her for so long, and and that thing. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Like like sixty five, seventy. I'm good. I take me. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at this point. You know, if I were to die tonight on my way home, I I I'm totally with you. I I'm like okay because I've lived a great life. I I've had a good life. I you know I I would feel bad for my wife. I mean I would want because that would be really hard. That'd be like on a her. double whammy, right? Oh yeah. Um. So I it's not like I want to die, right? But. But you'd be okay. Like I, I would be. You'd okay. feel like you've lived a good life. And there's part of me that feels like, yeah, and because of my belief system, that I'll be reunited. Right. You know that. You know, I'll see him again. Right. Sorry. No, you don't need to apologize at all. <sighs> I'm sorry. <sighs> That's the hard part, you know. That's the part that gets me is when I go home and, you know, he's not there. Right. You know, a lot of his stuff is there and, you know, but he's not there. And, you know, just so that whole like fear of death. Again, I'm not looking to die, and I'm not, right. like, going out of my way. You know, I'm not taking, like, ridiculous chances or anything. But I'd be okay because I'd love to see him again. I want to see him again. Right. And um, and and yet, you know, I got a text. What's helping me with the trauma, because that was I, – I feel like I've rambled off of the – how have you dealt with trauma and all of that? The really working towards the uniqueness of the suicide issue and the fact that it's still such an immediate issue for so many people. I mean, we have a major, major catastrophe that has been unfolding for a decade now, and there's been no legitimate response on as a, as a, society to really truly address it and um that gives a sense of purpose and it's given me a sense of purpose it's given me a a, because one of the things in the aftermath is uh, of mitch's death and and we were open about we didn't we really didn't have a choice to be closed or open because there was a media report you know, a guy wrote an article that clearly was easily tracked back to my son. And, um, you know, there was just a lot of, and it's, I mean, we're teachers. We see how many kids are struggling, 
how many kids are raising red flags that, you know, I'm worried about this kid or I'm worried about that kid. And then in the wake of that, once we were public about some things on social media and whatnot, and word got out of what happened, uh, I can't tell you how many. I mean, it was, I was stunned at how many people would call or email or, you know, the conversations all went very similar. They would say, I'm so sorry. I, I can't even imagine what you're going through. I don't know what to say. You know, um, you know, we're praying for you, all these things. And then they would go, I'm struggling. I'm worried. What do I do? People were asking us, like, right. oh, what, what do I like, do? like, why are you asking me? I'm, I've been so afraid <laughs> to talk to anybody about this, and we're terrified about our kid. Or, you know, right. I'm terrified because my nephew. Or, And it was just person after person after person. And I, today, this morning, I got a text message from somebody that's in Alaska um, who has – who's social media friends with me and has seen articles that I've put out and, you know, not the articles that I've put out, right. but articles I've shared that discuss, you know, here are things to look for here, you know, right. Advocacy on this issue. And, uh, they said, Hey, my, thank you so much. I, this person's such a wonderful person. And, um, she sent me a thing that just said, I, I have to tell you that I, I'm so appreciative of the work that you've been doing and what you've shared because our 17 year old attempted. And if it weren't for some of the things you've shared, we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have have known known. how to respond and all this stuff. And, and so that's a bit of invigoration in terms of like, some validation for your hard work. There's a well, I wouldn't call it hard work, but it's it's because there's so many people that are desperately trying to get the powers to be to take this issue seriously and right. to get rid of some of the stigmas and the 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 things that are getting in the way of getting right. kids and people, veterans and whatnot, through these dark times, so that they can get to a point where. The trauma is not going to go away, but they can they can manage it. They can live with it without feeling like they're being weak or defective or any of the other, other insults that, that came our way. I mean, you mentioned social media, and, and I've talked a lot about lower-volumed traumas that happen in the wake of the explosion trauma. I, uh, you know, we're doing this work socially. And I had a guy that came to that that commented that that attacked me and said, "You're just," and I'm quoting him here, "You're just a failed father who's wanting because it mentions the school. You know, we're trying to get school training. Because you're a failed father who's trying to get society to fix your broken family." <laughs> and I'm really proud of the response I gave to him because I didn't didn't attack him. I didn't attack him, scorch earth or whatever. But I was. For whatever reason, I was calm and just, you know, thanks for sharing your opinion and humbly you should, ex- you know, here was my experience. Da-da-da. But um, it's hard to deal with that. They re-traumatize you yeah. at a much lower level, but it's still, 
sets you back and 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 yet in the same way you're a way, lot better person than I am I well it's because I had a lot of support and somebody very <laughs> somebody in that thread who was kind of the main person he he um he stepped in and, and, you know, this guy attacked me and, and he, you know, I didn't know this guy, but there was a mutual, mm-hmm. you know, he was the mutual in between or whatever. And he just, he really lifted me up because I, it, it hit deep. It affected you, right? Because you do question, you know, like maybe I am a failed father and, and, you know, and am I doing this to try to make me feel better about my shortcomings as a parent and all of that. But then, you know, this guy that was the main person in the thread, he, re- he rebuked that guy. And in a, in a great way, he read what my response was. And he just said, I vouch for you, Tim. You are a phenomenal father. And, and this meant the world to me. He goes, I would entrust my own children to you. And him saying that just really helped check the encroachment of those questions about right. was I a good father? Did I do a good job? And and um, and it, it, but there are. Uh, I think I, on social media, people think that they can just say whatever they want. And there's no consequences. And <laughs> they, there's it's, some it's, genuine... it's almost like uh, it's almost like when people go out and get drunk and they get strong, you know, they get their, their beer muscles yeah, on. Yeah, the beer muscles. Yeah. Right? They get they get their beer muscles yep. on and then they do stuff that's just totally ridiculously stupid because they have their beer muscles on. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with social media. They, they get on social media and they just – or even blogs or whatever, right? They get on the internet and they just say things because – there's no face attached to it. There's nothing, and there's nothing anybody can do. Yeah. But you know darn well if they were there in person, they would never, ever say that because they know if they did, they're going to get punched in the face. <laughs> you know, it's, it's – At least if they said stuff like that to me. Yeah. I, that's exactly what I would do is I'd punch them in the face because <laughs> – because they, I don't know. I've never felt – People th- are not going to say that to me. Yeah. Because if they do – I'm not going to take it too lightly because you know what? They're not in my shoes. They haven't walked through it like I have. Yeah. And for them to say that trash to me. Oh yeah. And you know what? I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how much of a, what kind of person I am then. You're right. You're right. I'm just a horrible person. And here I come. Yep. Here I come. (laughs) With all my horribleness. Yep. (laughs) Well, Well, that's the thing. We'll see who's the, who's the better, who's the better person. I, you know, I, And then I would probably get my butt kicked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I doubt that. I, you know, I again, I've been blessed. I, you know, I was out from teaching for three weeks, and I've never missed three weeks in my whole career, let alone right in a row. But I, I was at a point where I was not doing well. My wife went back to work right away. Right. And I just couldn't do it. I, you know, she works with high school kids and I work with little kids. So it was a little bit different, I think. But I, but, you know, she needed that. She needed that. Like my mind needs to be on teaching. I need to right. dive right back in. And, 
you know, I went three weeks. I think she only went like 10 days, but I, I went three weeks. How did you handle that being like, cause you were home, right? Like you stayed home. How That's when I, well, I didn't handle it very well. I, I was still in trying, I was still trying to deal with it in mode of, I have tasks to do, you know, like, and I got it in my head. I needed to send thank you notes to people who, you know, sent cards and stuff like that. And so I know one day I was sitting by myself at the kitchen table writing out cards and I always sat across from Mitch um, when we ate dinner. And so I was in my chair and I'm writing these thank you cards and and looking up and just, I, I went to a very dark place, right? Very dark place. And I couldn't get out of it. And, and Lori ended up coming home and, and then I was able to manage to a degree. And then, and, and she's like, you need to go back to work. I think you need, you can't be here alone. Right. You need to be around people. And, and so, you know, I came in, did a little test run where, you know, how's it going to feel when I'm on campus and their kids, um, and the little kids were so, you know, I being the PE guy, you know, they love PE. And so, you know, they were the fun, you're the fun teacher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so they were super excited to see me and I had prepared myself and and some friends had helped coach me a bit, like be prepared. You're going to have kids, you know, that are probably going to ask you things or say things. And so I was prepared and I did get the, Hey coach, I heard your son's dead. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sad about it. Yeah. He goes, yeah, well, my cat died, and, and I know how you feel. And from coming from a kid, yeah, I'm smart enough to know for them, that's their that's a big trauma for them. Right. Like that they are relating to me in terms of right. loss, and they mean that, you know, like that does mean something that to does them. mean something to them, right? And so I was okay for that. I it was now if their parents said that <laughs> yeah well i've had sta- i've had i've had certain people right. say that to me i you can know, relate like, and and <laughs> it's like are you kidding me like i you don't have any idea right you know? but um you know when i came back it was really helpful to have children in particular hugging me Right. And and I and I don't know why that is. I, Children just love you no matter what. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, they know. Kids know. If they you're can a good see. Person. They can see, and they can see when you need it, and just yeah, they're like, you know what? Something's wrong with him. Let me go give him a hug. Yeah, they're really vessels. <laughs> I, I, they're just so that was really therapeutic, and I was able to have prepared myself that I was holding it together. Right. But what I didn't prepare for and what I totally didn't expect and touched me, it touched me so deeply um, and has connected me with this community on a way that I don't think is a normal connection between a teacher and parent community. And, and it's a quite a lovely thing in a way. The, the parents at morning drop-off, that's my duty every day is to help kids get out of cars. Right. Um, they got out of their car and came over and hugged me. And oh, wow. like, I'm talking genuine hugs, like a family member, you know, or a long, you know, a long friend, friend from, or something. Yeah. And I mean, 
I, it just, I, to feel so blessed with love from people who you can feel, you know, like that's a genuine, I'm here for you. Right. We're thinking about you, you know, it's almost not fair in some ways that other people go through traumas that don't have that wide a net and that deep of a net connection. It's one of the blessings as a teacher. You know, we don't right. get paid a lot in terms of money, but had this happened to my brother in his financial office, he would not have the wide right. support. I mean, he would have support. You know, he's a good guy and, and people love him. He wouldn't have the teacher, the kids parents but the breadth of that support and the depth of that support is and continues to this day it's coming up on two years and i still have people who are how you doing you know like i still have people that it's been eight years and i still have people that check up on me and especially on the anniversary they'll hey how you doing today you know yeah um that's the anniversary is always the hardest day for me. Yeah. Um, even years later. Yeah. So, well, that's, you know, I, I take that day off. I, I, yeah, I mean, I did last I did, year. I did and this I, year. <laughs> did you? I don't typically, but I did this year, but it, it's usually the hardest day for me. Cause, um, like say I drive by, I have to, my office is, right down the road from it. So I have to drive by the accident every day. And so I try to take the day off and go do something fun, go to the lake or do something. That's what I, did you get yeah. that advice from a counselor? Cause I've, no, that's I, what I, we've always been told. Don't make plans for the uh, right. anniversary date or any special do day. Fun. And if you decide you get up that day and you decide not to do it, that's okay. Right. But don't ever just, not plan anything right. and that happened to us on an easter the f- the first easter that we that we experienced without him we decided you know we were invited to s- some dinners right. and stuff and we just decided no let's just not do anything it was a horrible day we right. had such a horrible difficult day that day and um Ever since then, we you know, like his birthday was not too long ago, and we were like, you know what, let's go to a trail that he and I backpacked and camped at quite a few times. Let's go hike that trail, and we'll set up a cairn in his memory, and that's how we'll celebrate his birthday. And so, you know, it's not like a happy, fun, fun time, you know, everything's joy. Right. You know, we, we, we cry and we talk, and but we, you know, we're two years out we can have a laugh every so often in there and, and, you know, we can have a a positive memory of, you know, Oh, remember when he said this or did that or, right. You know, um, I try to plan, I try to plan something. Um, usually I go to work and then I'll do something that day because it's the beginning of summer, you know, here it's, it's warm and the water's warming up and, you know, I have my, go to lake quite a bit so i usually go to lake or something do do something fun but that day's still usually pretty difficult for me that day's usually really hard for me yeah i would Um, imagine you probably don't sleep real well the night before uh i i usually sleep okay that night um 
that week's pretty hit or miss, but the day of, I, it's usually a bad day. It's usually, when I say bad day, I, I just, I have a hard time not stewing on it all day. Think about it all day. Think about him, about his family, you know, think about the last however many years it's been, you know, whatever the year what it is. Ifs yeah. You ever go, Cause that's what I yeah. end up feeling like I go kind of rehashing everything. Mm hmm. And, and then I, I guess I just kind of give myself an excuse to feel sorry for myself that day. Hmm. Um, and I, it's probably not healthy, but I do it. And then I always, but I, if it's working, it's working. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's well, any, I don't know, <laughs> I don't I don't know that it's necessarily working. Uh, I always write a, I always write a little blurb on, on my Facebook about it. Um, mm -hmm. that it's, you know, hard day and that I, I really don't look forward to that day every year. I, it's really one of my least favorite days. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, how could it not be? I, right. I think that's a natural well, response to you it. know my my. I remember <laughs> because of that event that day. I I've you know I changed that day. That day changed me. Mm -hmm. um, I was a different person before that, and I've mm -hmm. changed a lot uh, because of that event. Um, because of the experience that I had, I'm, I handle things differently now than I did. Um, and I'm just a different, different person. And, you know, I've had, I've had my son, <laughs> it's really horrible, but I, and it's because of me, it's not anything because of him. I've actually had my son tell me, I want my, I want my old dad back. Oh, and it's just a I'm horrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's me. It's not. It's not anything. Him. It's just me. You know. And it's hard to hear that, but it's actual motivation to to work harder to to be a better better dad. You know. Um. And and it's you know. It's, well, that's it's painful just, for me to hear, actually. And I I know we <laughs> I know I know I just met you, but you know our mutual friend. I adore yeah. that whole family, and and I. You know the the few times we've talked here in this past week, right. and and just sitting here talking with you, it's hey, you do the best you can given right. the situation that you're in, and you know that to me that's in the under the umbrella of woulda shoulda coulda in a way, yeah. like well, I you know I would love to be able to be to feel physically, mentally and spiritually and everything to feel the way I felt prior to right. Mitch dying. But that's unrealistic. I, you know, yeah, like it totally is, right? And and it is You'll a never ripple be the same. Effect. It, it yeah. changed you, right? Yeah. And you know, I I really think in terms of, you know, thinking about people out there who are listening in in regard to like how do I get through this and you know, planning things that are fun. And even if you're upset or having, you know, whatever the trauma was is rolling around in your brain and your heart and your cells and, and all of that, you're still moving forward. Right. And, and, um, always having a goal, whatever you want to, wherever you want to be in, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever mm -hmm. that is, you know, move towards that goal, whether, you know, you're going to have bad days, um, you know, April 27th is a bad day for me, 
that's the day of my accident. That's a hard day for me. Mm-hmm. And those days, some days I'm crawling. It's, it's a crawl day. Yeah. And, and, some and that's days, okay. Yeah. But I'm still moving towards that goal that I mm-hmm. want to get to. Um, and that's, I think that's the important thing is when you're going through these, these traumas and learning to, to move, you know, and learning to traverse these traumas that, that we go through, um, and learning how to handle them and all that is that we're, we're continuing to, to, uh, work towards the goal, even when it's hard. And when you don't think that you can, um, cause it, it's going to be dark. It's going to be hard. It's not easy. No, you know, no. I know Yeah. everyone that's been through a traumatic experience knows it's not easy. And, um, and it's hard work. It's probably harder work than you ever had on any collegiate team you paid played for. Oh, heck I, I not even comparable. Right. Not, I mean, nothing, you know, like losing my grandfather, um, you know, relationship breakups, you know, right. I, I mean, no, honestly, every bad thing that ever happened to me prior to the night that right. Mitch passed away combined doesn't compare with what that was right. that night. And, and subsequently, you know, all the smaller traumas that that follow with it but you know having that plan and then the thing i would say to people that are dealing with uh post-traumatic stress disorder or any traumas is that intellectually it's not you're not going to feel it this is what i i've think to myself anyway intellectually you're not going to feel it when you're having those bad days and it's going to feel like you're not making any progress but you really are, right? You know, like, um, and you can't think it away either. Yeah, that's another it, thing. You can't, you can't think the trauma away. I went a long time thinking that I could just think it away. You can't think it away. No, it's a you, cellular thing, right? At, you, you, you know. just, you just have to learn to learn to compartmentalize it and and learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of you now, and you and and it's just a part of you, but it's not what defines you. Yeah, it doesn't define you, but it it is a defining moment. But it does not define you. It's not who you are, and that was really hard for me. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's been hard for you, but it it was definitely very difficult for me to understand and to to deal with because I I went a lot of years where I let it define me. It was me that that's what defined me, and it was really difficult to to live and to exist with other people because I thought that that's what defined me in their eyes. I'm, I'm definitely in that, the heat of that struggle right now. I mean, you know, um, and that might be a, the other edge of the sword for trying to enact change to help other families Mm -hmm. from ever dealing with this and to provide us, uh, uh, a safety net for kids, you know, right. To prevent this. I mean, 81% increase. I can't think of another topic or issue that would have an 81% swing and not warrant a massive public discussion and response, you know, but this issue is treated differently. And, and, but I, you know, I'm in the heat of that. You can't see it. It's because you can't see it. It's uh, when there's a lot of really heavily held beliefs that get in the way of that, and and 
in in dealing with it. But you know, one of the things with the PTSD that I think, you know, like you said earlier, you have to you have to be able to go, I need to make myself number one here. Right. And I gotta take care of myself. And if if this may mean that relationships end or or people are thinking that I'm some rude jerk or whatever, then that's okay if I'm taking care of what I need to do to get to the next moment, to get to the next thing. I, I, I here lately in the last if two weeks. If they're real friends, it's not going to matter. They're going to. They're going to know yeah. and they're going to understand. They're going to realize and they're going to come back and go, hey, you know, what was going on? Why did you do this? Yeah. And you're going to say, look, because this is what was going on. And then they're going to go, oh, okay. Yeah, and a lot and of times not, they won't even have to ask that. Either. Right. Yeah, a lot of times they don't even, they'll just already know, like, right. oh, okay, he's, you know, da-da-da. But, you know, something in the last two weeks that I've really thought quite a bit about, one of my favorite movies during the Christmas season is It's a Wonderful Life. And I think I may have referenced that earlier in the talk. But, you know, there's a scene at the, near the end of the movie where he's overwhelmed. And he's he's on the side of the bridge con contemplating suicide. You know, I'm right. going to jump in. And then, you know, and I've, most of the people that I have talked to who have identified or who have been, you know, diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, most of them talk about having that feeling, I don't want to live anymore or, yep. or you know, I, I, I want to end this. And I think of that moment in the last two weeks, I've thought quite a bit about that, you know, because that movie to me symbolizes so many things. And I, and I just think it's an excellent movie anyway. But, um, you know, he's standing there and Clarence jumps in to kind of, because he knows that George Bailey's core being is I'm here to help others. Mm. And it snaps him out of that dark pit of, I, I got to end this because I am in so much torment and I am in such a dark place that I think like, like you're doing this podcast, right. this is helping people, you know, it's helping me to talk to you tonight about this. Um, it, the work that my wife and I, and so many other people who are grieving with suicides, the, the work that they're doing, all of us seem to f have that sense of, this is really dark. This is really terrible. But we have an obligation being on this side of this issue to do something to prevent other people from right. experiencing this. Because this, you know, suicide is different than a lot of things. And, um, I, you know, I am guilty. It's an epidemic. Suicide is an epidemic with the PTSD and um well, and it's so much more in terms of just the issue it, 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 in and of itself. It's, I thought I knew what suicide was clear up until that night. And there is no way that it can be understood I, 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 it, everything that I thought I knew, almost everything that I thought I knew, was so wrong. And 
I was so uninformed and had held beliefs that were the absolute opposite of what is re- is what the reality of this is and um you know i i i th- i just you know my son's trauma was so deep and it was so defining in not defining but it it, it impacted him so deeply at such an early age that it tainted everything beyond that point and he accomplished amazing things he was an incredible human being but i just wish at that point where he was like george bailey on the side of that bridge going i can't deal with this any longer that somehow we would have had the ability to you know get him to go beyond because i really believe i from his note and from so many conversations in the stressful times that we had leading up to that i i absolutely believe that in his mindset he was thinking this is what's going to help my parents this is what's going to help my friends as if i'm not here you know, I, I don't believe that it's a selfish act um, in their mind, I, in my, especially my son's mind. He was so unselfish. And I really think that in that dark place, he was so not seeing clearly that he believed from, the, you know, trauma makes you think some crazy things. Yep. And I think that he really believed people love me, but I'm not worthy of that love or something's wrong with me. I'm causing the people that do love me a lot of pain. It, it's, he, was, I, he was sick. He yeah, was, I was sick. think it's best if I'm just not here. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that by in disrespect by any no, means. N- no, be, no, because <laughs> I know you. We're having a conversation here. Right. And when you say that, I've been it's, where he's at, yeah, um, to a point. I've, yeah, and you've I don't, dealt I don't know with if you real know, pain. I don't know if you know this. Um, I've been at that point where no, I I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm causing my wife and my kids pain, um, and I've, I've been at the point with a gun in my mouth, mm-hmm. ready to ready to do it. I I can still taste the the metal mm-hmm. to this day. And unless um, and, you've been there, you really don't understand, well, how could it be so bad? Well, right. because you haven't experienced this, you know, and, and you know, you saying that like he was sick or whatever, I, you know, and, and you, you were like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't mean disrespect. Right. I know you didn't because I know, I right. know that you have dealt with this type of pain that gets you to that point. Whereas if someone else is saying that right. as a judgmental thing which has happened so much and that right many of the things that really that's why i said i don't mean by in disrespect i i've been down that road and Mm -hmm. i fortunately i was able i was well enough to think wait if i do this because my whole reason to do it is not because i thought that was my best avenue out of it to, to stop hurting my family because I was causing them a lot of hurt. And then I was able to think enough to go, wait, 
if I do this, my kids, this is exactly the thought that I had. And this is why I didn't do it. My kids are going to have to go to school and tell their friends and their teachers that their dad killed himself. And the rest of their life, they're going to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. I'm so damn selfish. I can't do this. And I didn't do it. That's the only reason. And that happened multiple times. That wasn't just a one one occurrence. That happened multiple times. And and every time I was able to, sh- you know, kind of shake shake my head like, what am I doing? Well, I, I don't want to put my kids through this. Yeah. And that was that was what shook me out of it. Is my kids? Well, I am thinking. Wait, why am I going to do this to my kids? This is just going to destroy my kids. And that's what I'm trying to. The reason I'm doing this is <laughs> because I don't want to hurt them anymore. But this is going to hurt them more. And so I was coherent enough or with it enough to realize, wait, this is just going to make it worse for them. So well, I, why? Why am I going to do this? Okay, I'm not. I can keep, I can keep going. Yeah. I, see, my sons, I think, was impulsive. There's, there's two different types of suicides. There's the kind that are meticulously planned out right. long in advance. And then there's the impulsive. And... So my son's was in the impulsive, I believe, and and I don't believe that it was a selfish act because he was in so much pain. He was in so much torment, and, you know, it would be – I mean, obviously, I wished he could have gotten through that, and obviously, I wished that whatever we, you know, we could have done to eventually get him help to deal with that trauma from when he was an infant and toddler, you know, that he, he could have gotten through that trauma somehow or, or been able to not get through it, but manage it better. But, you know, I've never, it's funny, p- people have assumed that, well, I bet you've gotten mad at him. I've never once been angry right. with him. Never once. Because for the 15 years that we had him, I saw how much pain and how much he dealt with and dealt with it with such grace, dealt with it with such amazing character that, you know, it would be, sometimes I just feel like it would have been selfish for me to say, you need to keep going, you know, in spite of your pain or, you know, I, it, it, I mean, that's a weird kind of thought. I, yeah, cause I would, I, I, I didn't want him to die. Don't want him to be gone, but he was in some serious, serious, deep, deep pain and everything around him. Although it seemed, you know, college scholarships and all of this stuff and loving parents, his world was really just, really really dark and that's why i'm never i've never been mad at him i've never been like well he was selfish or he was weak i mean we've been attacked i mean that article that was written you know one of his former coaches was quoted in that article and you know he's making comments about kids being pampered and you know kids being spoiled and kids aren't taught how to deal with setbacks and all of these things that are cliche things to say that are completely false. They don't apply everywhere. Like you can't, it's why I go back to that. Some one person's 
thought that it's just drama may not realize that that is actually trauma. You know, for it really infuriated me to hear um, Governor Ducey on KTAR made a comment. He was talking about the opioid crisis and Mac and Gatos, these talk show guys, um, conservative talk show guys asked him about the suicide issue, which, you know, is parallel because the opioid crisis is crazy out of control as well. Right. And um, his comment was, in essence, I paraphrase, and he was like, well, most of these suicides are drug addicts and people from dysfunctional families. Well, that's another trauma to all of us who, you know. Don't fit into those categories. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, that's a real easy answer. And that's a real, that just sets back the conversation tremendously because that's not what this is. And, you know, like, it's easy to go, well, the kids don't have coping skills. This is one of the reasons why we talk about it has to be science-based Um trainings and not just you know joe from the gas station there telling teachers you know (laughs) you know the kids can't cope and the kids are just pampered and all these excuses that point the finger at the kids and the grieving family you know it to me it's under that umbrella of people saying stupid things to you like you know making comments to you about well your radio was on well as a matter of fact it wasn't you know like right get a clue it's those things that kind of re-traumatize you and and but yet also give you fuel to go you know what no you're not going to blame my dead child and say that he was defective he was vulnerable my son was absolutely vulnerable but don't say he was weak and couldn't handle setbacks when when you find out he was dealing with a setback that the vast majority of people never have to deal with. Right. You know, and when you have trauma that early on in life, the suicide rates for kids that deal with trauma in five years or younger, you know, when they deal with trauma, it's sky high. I mean, it's outrageously high. And so, you know, to say they're defective is a judgment. And in my opinion, and, right. and, you know, I mean, I should say that I think for everybody should think for themselves, you know, but my opinion well, statistically and my, speaking. my, my experience has been when you say, well, those kids don't have coping skills that has a tinge of judgment behind it and a tinge of blaming. Whereas instead, if you go, that kid's vulnerable, what's up with this kid? That seems like a, that seems kind of dramatic but if you actually walk in that kid's shoes or walk in that person's shoes and you really listen with an open heart, you find out, wow, okay, that wasn't just idle drama. That was something much deeper. You know, like if somebody said to you, you know, like, oh, geez, Lee's being a jerk. Seems kind of dramatic that he would go into the gym instead of come and talk to me. Yeah. And then if they were walk in your shoes and understand this is what this really is, they would they if they have any humanity or any compassion at all, right. they would be able to empathetically go, I don't understand it totally, but I get it. You know, and that's what I'm hoping that we can get accomplished 
with the work that we're doing. And, and, and there's one of the things I didn't know is how many people are on this other side of this issue. You know, I, it, it blew me away. You know, I, I wanted to be active, especially in this community because I've taught so many kids and, and our community has been hit. Our school community here has been hit with a, quite a number of suicides in the last year or so. And I wanted to speak to those kids because I was a person that they directly knew right on a, on a level that wasn't like, Hey kids, I'm Joe from New York city. And I'm here. Right. Yeah. I'm somebody that they knew <clears throat> and that they probably respected. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know well, they probably they, passionately hate me, but no, but I, I really felt I was in a unique situation right. and I, and for a variety of reasons it, it didn't happen. It continues not to happen, but you know, um, kids when people are in trauma and this is one thing that i i think you know i would like to express in this conversation is that if if you're out there listening and and you have post-traumatic stress disorder you're thinking about or you have someone in your life that's a better way to say it. if you have someone in your life that is really struggling has and and has either been labeled or you even just suspect that they're dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder or have some serious stressors in their life, you can't just say, well, reach out to me. Because when you get into that dark hole, you want to avoid you're you're already too deep in there to even really see or or have the energy to reach out or the hope that they're, you know, you're you're spiraling, you know, and so people need to reach in. And that's the thing that, you know, I hear so often, well, the kids should have reached out. A lot of times they'll reach out, but it's so subtle, sometimes not too subtle, but people miss it. Right. And then after the fact, they're like, oh my gosh. They've been reaching out. They, yeah. I and that's, no idea. that's why for me, you know, we have suicides in this state recently that, and, and over the past several years that, you know, as young as nine, I mean, that's an elementary child. It's an elementary school kid that's, that's doing that. So that's why my preference would be K through 12 training for teachers to be able to recognize those symbols, those symptoms and, right. and things, because in the school setting, and I, and there's several people who have committed suicide, excuse me, completed suicide, that um, they went back to their middle school or their elementary <clears throat> teachers who were kind of favorite teachers and visited and reminisced about old times and things like that. And the teachers, of course, teachers are so, the demands on teachers are outrageous. And, and so rigor is a word that you hear a lot. And, and so there's a pace of instruction and, and whatnot that keeps teachers really just working way more than their hours in a day, way right. more. And so unfortunately, I've had a lot of fellow teachers in other districts who were like, he was just here a week before he, he passed away. A week before he took his life, he came and visited me. And I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. It was a reaching out. Right. And, you know. Or 
or saying goodbye or something exactly. like that. Exactly, which is kind of a part of reaching out. I mean, one of the sim- one of the sim- one of the uh, I wanted to say symptoms, but one of the signs, right, is all of a sudden <clears throat> kids are people are giving away things that they shouldn't be giving away that they typically wouldn't be giving away. You know, like right. that's a sign that oh, that maybe that's not generosity. You know, maybe they're yeah. in a dark place, even though it seems like they're not anymore. You know, I, it, it's if somebody's in your life that's in real, that's been having a lot of stress, you need to reach out to them and you need to keep reaching into them because they're in a dark place. And if they get in too dark a place, it's not going to lead to a good place. It's not going to be good. And, and, and if, if you know, you just have to reach in because that's in my worldview that's why we're here you know we're here to lend support to each other and to try to manage to get through some very difficult things and and i you know it's i that night i wanted to die I wanted to trade places with my son and I still have days where I feel like that there. It's not as intense, but it's still there. But I've had times where I've laughed. I've had moments of joy and, and it's quickly followed. I mean, it's not an easy path. There's, there's times where I've had these flashes of joy and then it's followed by guilt Sometimes I'll have guilt, like, why am I feeling joyful when this horrible thing happened? But, you know, like you said, you have to make a decision whether is this going to define me or just be be a defining moment. moment. Right. You know, and... I heard a quote the other day by the goalie of the, you know, that movie Miracle, the Mm -hmm. Olympic hockey team. Yep. The goalie of that, I heard a quote from him the other day. Uh, he says, either you're creating the future or living in the past. If you're living in the past, that's the best you'll ever be, is just the past. And then he said, um, what you need to do is focus on the future and learn from the past. Mm-hmm. When I heard that quote, I've heard, you know, focus on the future and learn from your past. But when I heard that first part, either you're, you're creating the future or you're living in the past, I, my mind just blew when I heard that. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I hadn't either. That's a fantastic yeah. quote. And that breeds that, 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 that <clears throat> supports that idea of like you doing this podcast. Right. You're making something good come from a horrific right. situation. Our work with trying to get suicide prevention right. training Same into thing. the schools, it's and and well, and it and it also that talks, on a grand scale, but also right. with you know reaching out individually. People know that hey, I can come and talk to him because he's on that other side. He's in the right. club. I don't want to join. You right. know. Well, and also it also it also talks to that point or or lends to that point of is that that moment going to define you? Or is it just a defining moment? Yeah. Right? If it's if it's just a defining moment, we're just learning from the past. It's just, it's in the past. And we're just 
moving forward. You know what, my right. friend, I was telling uh, he's been such a help. Uh, he and I went hiking last night, and I've been pretty down uh, for the last week or two, and I think because right. it's coming up. And, you know, um, he said something to me last night that, that kind of ties in with that. He said, Mitch would not want you wasting a minute of the rest of your life stuck in that moment. He's right. like, and, and he knew him from the, he was the first person that came to our house the day that Mitch arrived from the, you know, when CPS dropped him off, right. he was the first person that came and met him. And so he knew him his whole life and he, which gives it, which gives his commentary right. some gravitas. Validity. Right. And he said, he, he loved you. You did a good job for him. He, you know, it was just too much for him to, to overcome, but he would not want you being stuck in that moment. He would want you living. He would want you having moments of joy and living your life fully to, to the end. You know, obviously you're never going to forget it. It's never going to, it's never going to go away, but he would not want you unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, he didn't do this. He did this because he thought this would make you happy. Well, I don't know if he thought it would make well, us happy, but well, I he think thought it would he make thought it easier it, for you. Exactly. I think he thought, well, this will make it better for them. Right. And, you know, that's the one thing whenever I, you know, when I hear people complain about their kids, like, oh, I'm going to kill that kid or my kid's driving me crazy and da da da. I'm like, and, and sometimes, <laughs> well, no, it's just a natural thing. I mean, I right. know people are just, you know, you know, that's I'm sure at some points you felt the same way but, at some points, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, there are moments when we're having conversations and, and somebody will say something along those lines. And I'm like, you know what? It, especially if they've been a person who's been judgmental right. or said some really hurtful things to us. Right. You know, I, I've kind of checked them a little bit and said, you know what? I would give my arms. I'd give my life to just hear my son yell at me and slam his door out of anger, you know, just right. to have him there, you know? Um, right. And so, you know, I, and that's, there's the, a lot and of, that's when the pie hits him in the face, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's people are suffering. You know, the world has become a very dark place with right. a lot of, a lot of difficulties and a lot of gnashing teeth to, just kind of express right. that. And, and yet w what I've found in this, in the wake of this is that there's so many beautiful people who are so yep. loving and so supportive. And, you know, if you're in that dark place, you're not alone. Yep. And there's a ton of people who haven't just been there. They're still there. Right. And, and, and there's a ton of people who made it through it. Yeah, they're making it through it. Just you know, getting there's, it through day by day. There's people through the whole process that are just starting in it, mm -hmm. that are in the middle of it, that have made it through it. Yeah, and, and to me, and you may not even know that they were even ever in it. Mm -hmm. there, I, I, there's a lot of people that have no idea of, of, that what I went through. There's a lot of people, and oh, then yeah. and then when they find out, they're like, "No way!" I'm like, for real. That's yeah, because it's happened. such an it's you know right. it's not 
you don't meet people that have no. that. No, no, you don't. Day. And 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 typically when you know, I'm I'm pretty happy go lucky guy. I'm I'm a pretty happy guy. Um and someone that goes through what I went through typically isn't a pretty happy guy anymore. Yeah. Um they're usually pretty angry, pretty depressed, pretty and I was that uh, mm-hmm. for a long time. And so and it takes work to get past that. And so, you know, it, there's people at all stages of it. And so, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to say. Well, I, you know, to, I guess, wrap it up, 